Welcome to another episode of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. This week, I'll be flying solo and giving my impressions on the recently released Undertale for Nintendo Switch. Just an update, the first In Your Element bonus episode, which was released last week early for Patreon subscribers, is now available for everyone in your podcast feed. In that episode, I gave my impressions of Nintendo's recent Direct, where they revealed a new Animal Crossing game and Luigi's Mansion for Switch, amongst other exciting news. So give that a listen after this episode. Before we begin today, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find In Your Element online. I've got a website up now. It's inyourelementpodcast.com. Instagram is at inyourelementpodcast. Twitter is at iyepodcast. And visit patreon.com slash inyourelement to support at any level, and you'll receive bonus episodes early, gain access to exclusive In Your Element Discord server, be eligible for monthly raffles and giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And this week, I'd like to shout out our newest Patreon subscriber, Fantasy Football Observer. Thank you so much for your support. And if you have any questions or comments, email me at hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. Let's hop into some news for the week. First up, Sony surprised everyone a couple nights ago with the announcement of the PlayStation Classic. This news coming directly from the official PlayStation blog. This mini console is an exact replica of the original PlayStation console, but 45% smaller. The PlayStation is an iconic piece of gaming history, being the first home console to ship over 100 million units worldwide. The PlayStation Classic will come preloaded with 20 classic games, including Final Fantasy VII, Jumping Flash, Ridge Racer Type 4, Tekken 3, and Wild Arms. So far, these are the only games revealed, but I'm sure we'll hear more from them soon, as this is set to launch December 3rd of this year, which is actually the 25th anniversary of the original console launch in Japan. It will also come with two original controllers, an HDMI cable and a USB cable for power. Uh, Note the controllers this comes with are not DualShock controllers, so there will be no analog sticks. I'm not sure how I personally feel about this, as the DualShock was truly revolutionary. Uh, It's going to be hard to go back and replay some of those 3D games without the analog sticks for control. Regardless, this is super exciting news, and I'm curious to see what else comes with this collection. I'm personally holding out for either Legend of Dragoon, myself, or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, amongst some others. Uh, I just want to collect those damn videotapes again, personally. What are you excited to see in this collection? Tweet at me at IYEPodcast and let me know. Second piece of news comes from USA Today, where they're reporting that Spider-Man on PS4 has sold 3.3 million copies in its first three days. They also state that while Sony did not provide an official number with a retail price of $59.99 for the game, the 3.3 million copies translates to roughly $198 million, crushing the $117 million opening weekend box office of the latest solo Spider-Man film, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, This personally is no surprise to me. Sony's been promoting this game for quite some time and slowly dropping trailer after trailer to generate some hype. Um, Note this number does not include the limited edition Spider-Man PS4 Pro, which also included the game and has been sold out nearly everywhere. Uh, USA Today also notes the number of copies sold set a record for Sony, makers of the PlayStation 4 and publisher behind the game, as the fastest selling first party video game release in the company's history. Spider-Man takes the title from the latest release of the popular video game franchise, God of War, which sold more than 3.1 million copies in its first three days in May. Uh, This truly, to me, shows the power that Marvel as a brand truly holds. Uh, I've been playing and enjoying Spider-Man since launch, Um, I've almost finished up the main story and getting close to the Platinum Trophy as well. 
I plan to finish that up soon, and when I do, I'll definitely be giving my impressions on a future episode of In Your Element. Third piece of news, Nintendo announced another Switch bundle a couple days ago, this one featuring the cultural phenomenon Fortnite. It's priced at $299, which is the same as a normal Switch console, and launches October 5th. It doesn't have any special color Joy-Con, unfortunately, but does come with an exclusive cosmetic item set for Fortnite, including the Double Helix skin, back bling, glider, and pickaxe. It also comes with a thousand V-Bucks, which is roughly $10, a perfect amount for purchasing the Battle Pass to unlock more exclusive items in the game. Uh, personally, seeing this uh, news item earlier this week, I was a little bummed to see that the Joy-Con colors are not exclusive to the set. It's just the standard neon blue and neon red colors, which are awesome colors, but I feel like uh, Fortnite's got definitely that that power right now that they could have made a set of Fortnite either colored uh, a Joy-Con, I don't know what colors they would choose for it, um, or they could have made some sort of design like on the Super Smash Bros. Um, Ultimate bundle. Um, and also the game that's preloaded is, of course, a free title, so it doesn't really add much value to the bundle itself. It's more just like, hey, if you play Fortnite and you don't have a Switch, you might as well get this bundle because you're going to get some free stuff with it. But overall, I think this is a great announcement, of course. It's just another bundle for the Nintendo Switch, um, something that will drive, I imagine, a lot more sales. It's the uh, third bundle that they've announced in the uh, upcoming months for um, uh, the Nintendo Switch, and this is going to be a huge holiday, I think, for Nintendo, uh, with this being the third major bundle that they have available. The others, of course, the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee bundle that was announced uh, about a month ago, and the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate bundle, which was also recently announced. Those three sets this uh, holiday season, I think, are going to drive a ton of Switch traffic. So if you don't have a Nintendo Switch, now is definitely the time to buy one, and one of these three bundles seems like the way to go. Uh, And some more news that came earlier this morning from over on the official PlayStation blog. PlayStation Now will now allow for downloading of PS4 and PS2 titles to the hard drive of your PS4 console. This was rumored a couple months back, but it's now officially rolling out to PlayStation Now users over the next couple days. Um, This is fantastic news, as previously the service which allows you to stream PS2, PS3, and PS4 games required an internet connection the entire time. Um, Because the games are streaming, it requires a good stable connection, which not everybody has and uh, has been plagued over the years with issues and with latency. So now seemingly following what Microsoft has done with Xbox Game Pass, Sony's added the ability to download those PS2 and PS4 titles to your internal hard drive. This should make the games run a lot better. Um, It's personally a bummer for me not to see PS3 titles um, included in this update but I believe it's because the PS4 had trouble emulating the PS3, which uh, apparently was a very difficult system to develop for and emulate. Uh, PlayStation Now is also on sale for the summer, currently through September 25th, so just a handful of days left for that. You can get PlayStation Now for only $9.99 a month for new subscribers, or $99 for the whole year. Uh, This is actually a really aggressive price in my eyes, as it's uh, clear that Sony's trying to compete more directly with Xbox and their Xbox Game Pass service. The uh, PlayStation Now service does have a huge catalog of really good games. Uh, A lot of them are current games, somewhat recent, and some are much older games, including Bloodborne, God of War 3 Remastered, NBA 2K16, and Until Dawn, which we spoke about last week, um, amongst others. Uh, I personally tried PS Now earlier this year just to play through some of those old PlayStation 3 games, but I noticed the latency, and this was playing 
um, games that didn't really require like super quick input. So um, it's noticeable on my end and we've got really good internet out here. So uh, I can only imagine folks that don't have um, a stable internet connection or a fast Wi-Fi connection that that service was definitely not uh, beneficial. Um, the catalog though at the time looked great and the ability now to download those PS4 and PS2 titles might actually get me back into it. Um, I've honestly recently considered buying an Xbox One S just for that Game Pass service since Microsoft's dropped the price on it quite a bit recently. Um, and I really like this idea of the Netflix of gaming and I'm excited to see uh, where these services go over the next few years and who's really going to nail it. Um, on a similar topic, 20 classic NES games are now playable on the Nintendo Switch if you have a Nintendo Switch online service, which launched a couple days ago. Um, the titles include Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Legend of Zelda, and more. And more titles will be added each month, including Metroid and Ninja Gaiden in the coming months. All of these games are playable online with a friend, either co-op or by virtually passing the controller for single-player games. And you can voice chat through the Nintendo Switch online smartphone app. The subscri subscription um, also allows you to play Nintendo Switch games online as well as back up your saves to the cloud, which is extremely important because right now there's no way to back those saves up um, otherwise. The service is available for only $19.99 for the entire year, or $3.99 for a single month, or $7.99 for three months. There's also a seven-day trial available in the eShop right now. Uh, we're clearly in a resurgence of classic games over the past few years with the uh, NES games available again on Switch and with the uh, recent NES Classic Edition as well as the Super Nintendo Classic Edition that came out last year. Um, Sony just announcing their, P uh, their PlayStation Classic. Um, Sega announced that they were bringing the Sega Genesis Collection to Switch uh, recently. That'll be coming out later this year, which is going to have over 50 classic Sega Genesis games. Uh, I'm loving the uh, all these companies are making their games so much more available in a variety of ways legitimately. I know that there's been um, ROMs and emulators for years that have allowed you to play these old games, but they've come with uh, a lot of bugs. They've come with not perfect emulation of those games. And of course, the um, the moral aspect of downloading those games and not paying for them. Uh, so I hope to see Nintendo bolster this collection of NES games included with Nintendo Switch Online service over time. Um, I think we're eventually going to see Super Nintendo games added to that service, but not anytime soon. The most concerning thing to me, though, is that the price of the Nintendo Switch Online service is extremely inexpensive compared to um, um, Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus. So it worries me that we won't see, um, say, N64 or GameCube games added to that service unless they added some sort of like pricing tier that allowed you to get, you know, these better games. Um, but regardless, I'm happy to see that the service is live. I jumped in the other night when it came out and uh, played through some games. It's nice that they have the ability for you to um, change the resolution to pixel perfect mode. Um, it comes in a standard 4x3 resolution, which is what it looked like back on the uh, CRT TVs back in the day. And then there is like a little CRT filter mode that they added, just like in the NES and Super Nintendo Classic Edition uh, mini consoles, which kind of just gives you like this fuzzy old school TV look. I think it's more for uh, a novelty. I, I wouldn't actually play the games in that, but uh, it's nice to see that Nintendo added some different options for viewing those games. Um, they also added the um, ability to add save slots basically at any point in the game. So if you're playing and you're like, hey, I'm just going to put this on pause real quick, but I want to save my location. If you couldn't actually save the game in game, you can just 
um, pretty much pause the switch and and drop a quick save in there and load that up at a later time and of course those are backed up as part of the subscription so pretty cool uh, the last piece of news um, related to Pokemon Go, Mewtwo raids start today and run through October 23rd. This is the first time you'll be able to catch Mewtwo without an EX raid invitation. Niantic also noted that Deoxys will be replacing Mewtwo in the upcoming EX raids. They also announced that you can now invite a friend to EX raids if you receive an invitation, and it will show which, which gyms in-game are EX raid eligible. Um, these are some great changes, in my opinion, and it was nice to see Niantic go back to um, bringing the legendary birds for this last week. And I'm personally only three Pokemon away from filling out my original Kanto Pokedex, the original 151. Um, the only three I need now is Dragonite, Kangaskhan, and Slowbro. Um, just a reminder for everybody, you still have until the end of this month to stock up on the original Kanto Pokemon, so those original 151 um, to try and complete your, uh, your Pokedex um, as they are spawning more frequently all over the world. <clears throat> and that's it for the news this week, and let's go ahead and hop into the featured segment, which of course is my impressions of Undertale. So, Undertale was released a couple days ago for the first time on Nintendo Switch. This isn't a brand new game as it originally launched about three years ago on PC, but ever since has garnered almost a cult-like following. It's an old-school RPG developed by a man named Toby Fox, with a great story and excellent writing and characters. The premise of the game is that you take control of a child who's fallen into the underground, a world inhibited by monsters separated from the surface by a magic barrier. You're trying to make it back to the surface, but are encountered with many ethical decisions along the way. Uh, I'd like to give my spoiler-free impressions of the game for you now. And the first thing I noticed when I began playing this is how much this game reminded me of Earthbound on the Super Nintendo. Um, Earthbound, of course, another cult classic, um, is actually a game I've never finished, um, but most recently playing through about half of it on the Wii U Virtual Console a handful of years back when it launched. Um, but it's got a very similar art style, pacing, and battle system. Uh, what sets Undertale apart, though, is the quirkiness of that writing. The, the, um, the characters uh, in the game, they're all extremely unique, and they have almost a mysterious charm about them. The thing that I noticed as I played through it is that every character is different. Uh, no two monsters that I encountered are the same. Uh, and I was getting almost this like Ren and Stimpy or Aureal Monsters vibe from some of the character models. Um, just very colorful and unique all around. The moment-to-moment uh, -moment gameplay in Undertale features you exploring areas and solving small single-screen puzzles to open up new areas or to progress forward. Every moment feels like you're being tested along the way, and the game continually throws you curveballs and keeps you on your toes. Um, I really appreciate that um, Toby, the developer, really uh, understands that it is a game and you are the player playing the game and uh, kind of breaks the fourth wall on some different things throughout the game. So just something that I haven't experienced in a game before. Um, I kind of get a little bit of like Portal 2 ish vibes um, with GLaDOS kind of breaking that fourth wall a bit in certain circumstances too, but this one's um, it's very on the nose at certain points. Um, what's really amazing though for me um, is the Undertale's attention to detail. So really early on in the game you meet this skeleton who's named Sans. Um, the moment he starts speaking I noticed the font change to a Sans type font only when he spoke though. Um, and he mentioned he had a brother named Papyrus and my first thought was, damn, if his brother's font is papyrus, I'm going to lose it. 
and it was um it's it's these small things that that most people may overlook that make this game so special um it kind of feels like these moments happen throughout the game um sometimes you feel like you might be the only person who discovered something which is just a really special feeling uh, besides the incredible story, the standout feature to me is the is the game's battle system. It's unlike anything I've ever played before. Um, to start, battles in this game are very different from traditional RPGs. In most games, um, you're confronted by a monster and you kill it, you get your experience, and you move on. Undertale challenges that notion by giving you the option to spare monsters. In fact, every monster you encounter in this game, including the bosses, can be spared. In battle, you're given the option to either fight or act, and in the act menu, you might be presented with this option to talk or flirt or pet the monsters. Each of these dialogue options is unique to that monster and almost creates this puzzle that you have to solve in each fight, trying to figure out which series of these actions you have to take to ultimately spare this monster if you choose to. Um, this lends to this unique playthrough experience. Uh, the game hints at it pretty early on, but by the time I noticed, I, it was already too late for me. I'd already killed a couple of enemies um, at that point just because I was playing as I would a normal RPG. And depending on how you play the game, there's different endings that you can get. Uh, and this game's really designed for you to play through multiple times so you can experience these endings. And I know most people aren't really intrigued by the, the idea of playing through the same game multiple times. I know for me, it's not something that I typically do. Um, but I'm definitely going to go back and play through this um, again at least one more time. Uh, thankfully, the game isn't too long. Uh, my first playthrough that I finished a couple days ago only lasted um, a little over five hours. So it's definitely doable um, in one sitting if you wanted to or break it up into multiple sittings. But I'm definitely going to go back in and check it out. Um, the music in the game was fantastic. Uh, the battle music was really catchy and the music in the different areas was really compelling. Um, at times, the music felt really chiptune-y and retro, um, but other areas, it was more full-sounding, and I especially liked the music near the end areas of the game. Um, each area was wildly different from the last. Um, the boss fights were also a standout for me in Undertale. They're all very unique, as you'd expect boss fights to be, uh, but during battle, you're controlling this little heart in a square box, and that's like right in the middle of the screen. And the heart represents your soul. And as you navigate the fight, the enemy attacks will be presented to you as obstacles that you must avoid in the box. So the battles really turn into these like bullet hell or shoot 'em up style mini games each turn. And some of them have you trying to collect certain items quickly, while others have you platforming over obstacles. Uh, it's truly something I've never seen done in a game, and Undertale executes it flawlessly. Each monster has their own unique attacks to avoid. Uh, and it was always keeping me on my toes. I really looked forward to getting into fights uh, as it was different for me each time. And I love the puzzle aspect that came with each fight. Um, overall, I think this was like probably the standout feature for me of Undertale. Just going into those fights and trying to figure out like, all right, am I going to fight this person or am I going to spare them? And going about that um, in so many different ways. Overall, Undertale was a great experience that I personally believe lives up to all the critical praise it's received over the years. It's a game I feel you really have to experience firsthand to understand. Um, it's a game that has been near the top of my my list of indie titles that I want to play through over the past few years, uh, and I, it feels like it's found its new home on the Nintendo Switch. 
I highly recommend you check it out if you're looking for something unique and interesting, or if you enjoy old school gaming experiences. This game has such a magical charm about it that had me smiling and laughing the whole way through. Uh, Undertale is available right now on the Nintendo Switch for $14.99. It is also available on PC, PS4, and PS Vita. Thanks for joining me today. If you have any questions for the show, email me at the email address, hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcast service of choice is. Um, Take a moment to drop a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or on iTunes. It definitely helps out with the show's discoverability. And uh, last reminder, visit patreon.com slash inyourelement and support at any level to receive bonus episodes early, gain access to the Inner Element Discord server, be eligible for monthly raffles, attend patron hangouts, and more. Until next time, see you later, Elementalists. Oh, 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 oh,